Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday, the middle of the week, January 25th. I hope uh, your week is going okay. We, uh, we've had, um, okay, yesterday was kind of, a, I don't know, a mixed day. It may have ended up being a good day, finally. Um, I, I ran out of the office real quick and didn't really see. Well, it was a mixed day, see, right there. We had uh, some up, some down. We'll talk about that and more. And when Dave joins us here in just a few seconds, before we do that, though, Let's not forget that um, there's so much stuff that you and I, we just can't control. However, you can control the amount of risk you have in your current portfolio, but you need to know what that risk is, how much it is, and how it really lines up with the amount of risk you should have in your current portfolio. Give us a call, 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design, design phone consultation where we'll talk 30 minutes. You can pick our brain, determine if you're on the right track for the retirement you always dreamed of. Dog train company there is going home. Stick around to the end of the record, kid. I need you here. It's 8.43 now, 17 before 9. Let's check in on money and see what's happening on Wall Street. I'd call it a net win yesterday, even though two of the indexes went down. Let's see what's going to go on this morning, and I'm not liking the futures so far. Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services is on the phone. Philip, they reset all my buttons last night. Can you hear me all right? Absolutely. You're doing, doing well. Come in loud and clear. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. It always scares me. They did some power work last night, and all my buttons got reset, and that's generally a ticket to, uh, can you hear me, Philip? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I did it right this morning. Uh, not a bad day yesterday. The Dow ended up gaining 104 points. The other two indexes were down, but they were down fractionally. So net-net, I'm calling it a win for yesterday, even in the face of some kind of strange earnings reports that we had. We start the morning out with uh, mortgage applications, and uh, oh, heavens, mortgage rates have been going down, so we've had third street week of gains. Mortgage applications in the country gained another 7% last week, which really sounds good until you consider the fact they're still 77% below last year at this time, which kind of is a kiss-in-your-sister reaction, right? Well, yeah, and the other thing to, to consider is that they say mortgage interest rates are the lowest they've been since September. Um, Goody. Now, obviously, <laughs> you compare it to last year, and that, that doesn't mean much. But but compare it to, you know, 2022 and in, in the last few quarters, you know, we, we're seeing it come down a little bit. Um, and, and that's a function of um, in, interest rates, right? So we're seeing some decline in the two-year, the 10-year, and the 30-year. Um, not huge, but but small declines. And, and that's why we're seeing that little bit of change in the mortgage rates. And a little bit of a change can make a big change in a payment. So a lot of folks that were sitting on the fence have obviously been falling on the notion of pulling the trigger now. Uh, that uh, We were saying before we went on the, on the air this morning that uh, my reaction to that is, oh, heavens, mortgage rates are actually declining a little bit. That's not what the Federal Reserve has in mind. So I'm taking it as an indication that we've just got one more log to throw on the fire next week when they make an interest rate decision and say they're going down. We need to fix that. We need to hit them with another two-by-four, which I'm not happy to hear. You know, Dave, I've read a couple of articles now, and the indication really seems to be that um, a quarter of a point is all that's really baked in to, uh, to next week's meeting. And so I've heard that from a couple different Fed presidents now, um, and, and a little blurbs here and there. 
mm. that um, they're they're really expecting a, a quarter of a percent. Now, let's shift gears and talk about uh, one of my uh, economists that I like to watch and listen to, and that's uh, Mohammed El Arian. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I followed him for a long, long time, and and his really his take on inflation is a little bit different than what some of the others are. He's talking about how, yeah, we're starting to curb consumer products. You know, the goods goods that we buy are starting to see some declines in pricing, which means inflation is coming under control in that sector. But he said, when you look at the service sector and the increased prices we're paying for labor, that has continued to rise. It was 7.5% last quarter. Um, And so he said, you know, Raising interest rates uh, is a harder pull on those type of inflationary numbers. It takes more to get those down. And he's actually saying he thinks the Fed should stay at at least a half a point um, at this next meeting. So normally I like that guy, Philip, but I'm suddenly turning my mind on him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty smart cookie. You know, when I uh, all the stuff I've, I've I've probably followed him since the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you mention that service and labor driven uh, businesses where labor is the primary part of the product they sell because it's service intense, got to keep in the back of your mind a whole bunch of states past $15 minimum wage laws that are structured like Florida's constitutional amendment, uh, where we, we passed that $15 minimum wage a couple of years ago. Where's our minimum wage at right now? I think it's like $10 now. It's a phase-in, so not only are labor costs going up, but they are structurally and legally required to go up, because when the minimum wage goes up, reference wages across the company also ratchet up as well, because everybody references the lowest paid employee and then scale up from there. We pretty much have some structurally built-in wage inflation that's good news for the minimum wage advocates, but for a Fed that's trying to control inflation, there's a little bit of an upstream battle to fight there. Well, let's face it, Dave, the minimum wage doesn't mean much right now because most everybody's making $12, $15, $16 an hour right now, whether you're working at McDonald's or you're working at the at the local retail establishment. So, you know, the, the lack of willing employees to come to work has pushed that labor price even up more. And so to get good, you know, dependable, qualified employees – um, has pushed that bar higher and higher. And so that's why you're seeing, and, and that's all that wage inflation is kicking into labor rates that businesses have to charge. Yeah. And in reality, I've always politically said the time to raise the minimum wage is when the market pushes wages up. So it's actually working out the way a free market economist would have it work anyway, even though the uh, it's definitely one of the contributing factors to pushing our prices up. Uh, that is kind of interesting, though, when you say that the investors are saying that it looks like a quarter percent is baked in, even in the face of indications that would uh, historically last year have indicated otherwise. You and I were always harping on it at the end of the year last year that there was a change in the composition on the open market committee that we're going to see the results of next week. It sounds to me like the doves might actually be taking over a little bit. It, it does a, a little bit. Um, and like I said, we'll have to look and see what actually ends up coming out of that meeting. And and if they look at some of those numbers and and, and I think that, you know, based on what I'm seeing it, you know, I don't want the Fed to go too fast, too furious, but and and I think maybe they already have 
um, a quarter of a point would kind of make sense to, to let everything else catch up. Um, and, but, but like y'all Arian said, you know, look, if you look at labor rates um, and wage inflation, that unemployment number hasn't really moved the needle much. And so that's going to be a problem, I think, moving forward. No, it really hasn't. I mean, we keep getting tidbits down the line. I was uh, talking uh, before we went on the air about I got a couple of reports out after a qu- after a quarterly report where they gave some, uh, let's just say, marginal guidance. Uh, the 3M folks, the folks that make Scotch tape, announced that they were going to cut 2,500 manufacturing jobs. That sounds like a big number, but they employ 97,000 people. So we're talking about just a couple of percentage points on their workforce. Uh, the folks that make Sharpies, Newell Brands, said they were going to cut 13% of their office staff, but they've got something like 60,000 employees, too. So it's, it's a relatively small adjustment on the employment front. So we're not cooling down the employment market that much, except in the tech sector, where they've laid off 50,000 people. But you and I have been talking about it. That was an area that was overemployed during the recession and the pandemic. So they're basically just going back to normal in that sector. We just haven't seen any cooling down of the employment market to speak of yet. No, we, we really haven't. And, and that's part of the issue we're seeing across the board. And 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 the hope is, I mean, for us small business folks, uh, and this is selfish, right, is, is we want to see that number go up because it's hard to find good employees right now. And um, and so if some of them get laid off from some other industries, well, that's that's a benefit to us smaller uh, market folks that we can maybe pick up some some good quality employees. Yeah, having some people out there that are actually looking for work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would you and I have both had that experience over the last couple of years. Uh, mentioning the uh, Fed Res- the Federal Reserve meeting coming up next week and all the rest and uh, the fact that the indications aren't there, you and I probably would be on the same page as far as a quarter point. It makes sense because we've been kind of preaching for a little while. We've got to let those three-quarter point uh, numbers sink in for a little while and bake in, but a quarter point would still be communicating to the marketplace that they're still watching inflation. So that would seem to be the sweet spot in terms of what we'd like to see them do. Exactly. I mean, I think that would um, definitely, the, the market, if the market expects that, that's, that's kind of what we want to see happen because uh, otherwise we will see some um, anarchy within the marketplace. That would be a charitable <laughs> term. <laughs> I had some other terms, but some of them I can't quote on the radio. Uh, It is earnings season, and probably the uh, biggest bit of news that we got was even after all those airplane orders that Boeing has been publicizing, their quarterly report was kind of El Stinko, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. I mean, it seems to me they missed uh, across the board on both sales revenue and on earnings per share. I didn't really see the exact um, numbers but um, but but they did. Oh, here they are. They they missed. Uh, man, they missed revenue pretty big. They're expected to come in at at uh, almost two uh, almost twenty billion. Um, I'm sorry, they came in at twenty billion. They're supposed to come in at like almost uh, twenty and a half billion. So so a pretty significant miss there, as well as in the earnings per share sector, they they kind of missed out there as well. Um, so they're trading down today about 2.1% before the market gets trading. And I will say that they are bumping up against the highs right now. They're 207. Uh, their 52-week high is 223. So it's not like they're uh, in the doldrums right now. 
I guess the biggest surprise is after all the announcements we had about great big orders from great big airlines for Boeing, everybody would have thought that they would have beaten. Evidently, investors also were disappointed. Yeah, they they definitely were. I mean, and that's um, hey, if you miss on revenue and you miss on on earnings, both you, you can expect to see a little slide. I hear. Uh, quick Reader's Digest version. You got a whole bunch of household names, and I'm not going to interrupt you here much. Oh. So the next one, it really is Microsoft. And again, I don't, I don't have the exact numbers, but I know that they have seen a major decline in their cloud-based computing issues. Um, we're, we're seeing companies really, uh, because of the recessionary period, inflation, they're pulling back and not spending more in their tech budgets. So that's affecting Microsoft today. They're down uh, a little over 3.1%. The other one we have um, is another financial institution, Capital One reported, and uh, man, they they did miss um, by quite a bit, actually. They they earned $3.03 a share. They were expected to make $3.87 a share. Um, revenue was really close to what it should be, but still under, um, and so uh, Capital One getting um, down today two point uh what is it two and three quarters percent i guess down right now Ouch. so yeah they're they're getting hit um pretty they, hard they spent they specialize in marginal credit cards too i wonder if a lot of that is bad debt reserve it increases. Could be. i didn't see any I, obviously they were pretty um you know the, the details were pretty in 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 uh, unavailable right now anyway so mm. um Let's uh, let's see. I've got well, mostly losers today. I'm gonna give you the one winner I have right now because I only have one, um, and that's AT and T. Unexpectedly, I guess you'd say they they beat. Um, mm. They showed an increase in subscribers. Um, now, but here's the deal, though. You know, forecasting ahead, uh, their annual profit they've expected to be below their expectations but everybody's liking the other issues of of more subscribers so they're actually trading up 2.4 percent this morning crud that's a surprise given what happened to verizon yeah yeah exactly i've got two more for you i got a company called intuitive surgical they're a robotic surgical system um they missed across the board um they are blaming it on china and the COVID resurgence, so they were negatively impacted by the number of procedures they could do in China. They're my biggest loser probably today, down almost 10% this morning uh, before the market gets open. And the last one I have for you is a company, it's is a business application. It's called F5. They're a, um, a security company, so cybersecurity, that kind of stuff. Um, and they missed uh, weaker than expected earnings guidance for this next quarter so they they kind of missed all the way around they're down almost five and a half percent this morning i need to bring that medical firm in and bring some leeches along they're in trouble uh <laughs> resetting the table mixed bag call it net positive yesterday because the dow was up healthily the other two were off uh, fractionally at worst 45 minutes before we open this morning i'm seeing red ink how bad is it it is a lot of red ink, Dave. We're seeing a lot of retrenchment from the from the couple of good days we had. We've got the Dow down um, a little over eight tenths of a percent. That's two hundred eighty-two dollars. S and P five hundred is down one point one percent. That's forty-four dollars. And the Nasdaq one hundred down one point, a little over one point six percent, one hundred ninety-seven dollars. So 
uh, a big downs and add the Russell 2000 in there down almost 1%. So everything is uh, heading south this morning, including the other side of the coin, silver uh, down nine tenths of a percent, gold down six tenths, crude oil, hey, it's fractionally red down a tenth of a percent. Um, and but is at eighty dollars and twelve cents, which is well off yesterday's number. Absolutely, could seventy nine dollars be far away? The oversized, the overseas markets pretty much followed the fact. By and large, the Asian markets were up at the close at six a.m. European markets are looking at us and going, they're all down about a, a half a percent midway through their day. Retirement is a plan. It's not just a day-to-day investment process. That takes a planner to help you get it done. How do I find you to make a plan? You're absolutely right, Dave. It takes a retirement designer. That's why we created the Core Retirement Design to help folks design the retirement they always dreamed of. Give us a call, 863-382-0037 to schedule your Core Retirement Analysis phone consultation. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730, 95.3 FM. And back here again tomorrow morning. Philip, thank you so much. Have a good day. We'll see you then. All right. All right, man. You have a great day. Thank you, sir. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. See you in 24 hours. Bye now.